Welcome to a special replay of The Real Investment Show, pre-recorded earlier this week for rebroadcast at this time. And now for something completely different. <laughs> it's a rich man's world. Forget everything you've been told by others before. Get ready for the real deal, the full story. Real talk about money, markets, life. Now, it's The Real Investment Show with Lance Roberts. Presented by RIA Advisors. And good morning and welcome to The Real Investment Show. Of course, as we uh, you know continue to kind of cycle along here in terms of you know, daily headline news of what's happening in Russia, of course, from every different possible angle. Everybody's got an idea of what should be done and how we should be doing it. And of course, this makes it very difficult. You know, these headlines are scary uh, in a lot of cases, and it certainly impacts how people feel about markets and the economy and what kind of what's going on in the world. Of course, it doesn't help when you go to the gas pump, you know, to fill up your car. And did that yesterday? <laughs> yeah, I uh, sent my daughter last night. To go. Mm-hmm. I said, I said, honey, you better go fill up her car. She's like, oh, I'll do it next week. I said, if you wait till next week, <laughs> gas prices will be more expensive. And so she went to fill up her car. She goes back and she goes, it only cost me eight dollars more than it did last week. And I go, that's eight dollars more you didn't have last week. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that's right. You know, it's it's you know, it's all about context. But you know, look, it, this is just you know the things that we live in. And so the the important thing here is this is that this is all pushing the economy into a much slower state. And when you start to have these big impacts to high oil prices, and and you have to think about how this flows through to the rest of the economy, high energy prices don't just impact you at the pump. It's not just you paying more for gasoline. And that's, you know, that's that's what we see, right? That's the that's the visible side of oil prices. We see it at the pump. When oil prices go up, we see it at the pump. But higher energy prices impact just about everything that we deal with or use or have or buy. Uh, Energy prices are either in just about everything that you eat, that you consume, that you wear, that you buy. Energy prices are involved in every aspect. It it is either a direct byproduct of oil and petroleum, or it was oil and petroleum that transported that item from point A to point B to get it to you. But those costs are part of the product that we're buying. Now, why is this important? Well, this is, of course, inflation, as we've been talking about. And, of course, the Fed is very concerned right now about inflation. As we talked about yesterday, the problem for the Federal Reserve is that inflation is now penetrating into the actual consumer. And, and the Fed is way behind the curve now. The Fed should have been hiking rates already. <clears throat> and the problem with high oil prices is that's extracting liquidity from the markets. People have less money to spend. So that's the same thing. <laughs> that's the same thing as hiking interest rates. You know, there's this meme going around on on uh, the internet about you know my wife just said she doesn't love me anymore, oh. and the wife says I didn't say that, and, <laughs> and he goes Yes, you did. You said I couldn't have another donut, and she goes That's not the same thing, right? <laughs> so you know it's kind of the same thing. Same idea here is that you know. The Fed should have been hiking interest rates, but it's the same thing right now with higher prices, and that's extracting liquidity from the markets. And so when we look at this, and this is all kind of translating back into the financial markets, what the financial markets are trying to figure out is just how close to a recession now are we? And if we take a look at Earnings estimates, as an example. Earnings estimates have not come down much at all. They've already started coming down. We wrote an article that's on our website today, but I've been harping on this since really about the middle of last year when inflation really started to pick up. We said these earnings estimates for 2022, 2023 are way too high and that there's going to be an impact to profit margins. Earnings are going to come down because consumption will slow because consumers only have so much money. They only have so much to spend, and if I'm spending more dollars buying the same amount of stuff, that means I have less money to spend elsewhere. 
And this is always the important function about what's happening within the economy. And so what we're looking at now is an economy that is going to probably be in a recession by the end of this year, if not the beginning of next year. Now, that can certainly change. But right now, if everything remains the way it is at this moment, high energy prices, high inflation, those type of things, we will be in a recession much sooner than expected because of the impact of inflationary pressures on consumer spending. And again, the consumer makes up 70% of the economy. So when you're hitting the consumer right where it hurts, right in the wallet, they're going to contract spending. And then, of course, it doesn't help when you have all these headlines on television, just 24-7. You know, there, there was a day, you know, we were talking about yesterday that we were having a talk with our kids about, you know, the way it was back when we were growing up and we didn't have Google. And if you didn't know what it was, you just didn't, you just didn't know, right? I mean, just, you went through life not knowing whatever that was. The problem with today is, is that we have in our face 24-7 you know, from every source of, of, of aspect that we have on our phones, from social media to news to, to the internet, just news hitting us. And of course, what everybody's trying to do now in the news media is to get your view, right? That's the whole thing. How do we measure the profitability or the viability of a business? It's how many views do they get? What's their traffic? What's, the, how, what's their daily average users? So everybody's trying to get your attention with the most bombastic headlines possible. And of course that feeds into the psychology of, oh my gosh, you know, we're on the, the verge of world war. There was a great headline out yesterday. A, a financial institution has a graph of the potential for nuclear attack. And you know, the, the nu nuclear attack line, you can barely see it at the bottom going back like the last 50 years. And then it's this vertical line straight up. And at the very bottom, it says, the, the risk of nuclear attack is soared, but buy stocks anyway. Um, you know, why not? <laughs> but that's the point. You know, everything is so scary that it makes, you know, makes consumers hesitate to go make major purchases or to go um, make investments or to go start a business or whatever it is because they, they don't know what the outcome of this is going to be. And this negative psychology weighs on economic output, weighs on economic growth, and we wind up with slower growth in the future because of it. So that's the real risk here over the course of the next 12 months or so is that risk of recession coming from that negative impact on psychology. Now, again, that can change. If, if you know, we figure out some way to resolve the situation between Russia and Ukraine and this gets past us um, and the Federal Reserve you know, kind of backs off of tightening interest rates to a great degree. Um, and, and we start kind of getting some, some actual good bills passed in Congress that can help support economic growth, you know, take off the restrictions for oil and gas companies so they go back to drilling and start producing. You know, those type of things can keep the economy out of recession. We may, may slow down a lot, but those are, there are things that can be done to avoid a recession. But if everything remains as it is, the, the risk of recession is rising rapidly right now. Markets did break those lows from January back to October. We're now below that support level. That is a concern. We'll talk about this after the break, what that means, and of course, what to be doing now with your, with your portfolio in this type of a market. It's certainly uh, something worth uh, uh, talking about considering the, the concerns. Be right back after the break. Stay tuned for more of this special edition of The Real Investment Show, pre-recorded earlier this week. Get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. There's a war being waged on your retirement dollars. And unless you act now, you'll lose the battle with inflation, higher taxes, and a lower standard of living. You can blunt the effects of rising prices with our next workshop on combating inflation in retirement. April 2nd at the Embassy Suites Houston. Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff will help you fortify your life savings, make the most of Social Security, and lower your taxes. Register now for this free workshop at realinvestmentadvice.com. Combating inflation in retirement with Ratliff and Rosso. Real Investment. Advice.com. 
Anyone can sell you insurance and they'll gladly take your premium dollars. The RIA Insurance Agency can provide you with insurance solutions tailor-made for your needs and lifestyle. Because everyone's assets are different, let RIA Insurance review what you need to protect and how. We won't sell you insurance, but what you need will be a matter of policy. RIA Insurance Agency. 888-915-0780. 888-915-0780. Realinvestmentadvice.com. Click on the insurance tab. Do you know what you don't know when hiring and retaining quality employees? Compensation is more than just wages. It's personal time off. The vacation days, healthcare benefits, a 401k. Do you know what's important to them? Hi, I'm Tom Allen, RIA Advisors Retirement Plan Consultant. Let us show you how to make the most of an affordable, effective package that will deliver true value for your business and your employees. Call me toll free at 855-RIA-PLAN or online at realinvestmentadvice.com. And now, another page from the Real Investment Advisors Investing Manifesto. Bulls win in bull markets. Bears win in bear markets. Eagles soar above and take advantage of opportunity. Let us help you soar as you reach your financial goals with RIA Advisors. Neither bull nor bear. RIA Advisors, 281-501-1791 or online at realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment Show. Welcome to a special replay of The Real Investment Show, pre-recorded earlier this week for rebroadcast at this time. And with all the bright spots in our economy, record job growth, higher wages, too many families are struggling to keep up with their bills. Inflation is robbing them of gains they thought otherwise they would be able to feel. I get it. That's why my top priority is getting prices under control. Look, our economy roared back faster than almost anyone predicted. But the pandemic meant that businesses had a hard time hiring enough people because of the pandemic to keep up production in their factories. So you didn't have people making those beams that went into buildings because they were out. The factory was closed. The panic also disrupted the global supply chain. Factories closed. When that happens, it takes longer to make goods and get them to the warehouses, to the stores, and go, prices go up. Look at cars last year. One-third of all the inflation was because of automobile sales. There weren't enough semiconductors to make all the cars that people wanted to buy. And guess what? Prices of automobiles went way up, especially used vehicles as well. And so we have a choice. One way to fight inflation is to drive down wages and make Americans poorer. I think I have a better idea to fight inflation. Lower your costs, not your wages. The solution to solving inflation, according to President Biden, is to lower costs rather than lower wages. And, and it's, it's an interesting idea, right? And so the speech goes on, and of course, and he talks about how do we do that? Well, we bring it all the manufacturing now back to America. Right. We manufacture it here. We we buy American. We build American. Um, sounds very similar to uh, the previous administration, whose entire premise of getting elected was to make America great again. Um, interesting to see, you know, the entire, you know, recycling of the same message that we need to bring, you know, manufacturing and things back to the U.S. But that doesn't solve your inflation problem. It actually would make it worse. And the reason is, as we've talked about before, and this is what we're seeing going on right now, your highest input cost to any business is labor. It is the biggest ticket item you get because it's not just the cost of wages. It's the taxes on top of the labor. It's the uh, benefits. It's the health care. It's the 401k plan matching. It's all the other things that we all want, right? As individuals, I don't want to work for a company that's not going to give me a 401k plan and full, you know, full medical coverage, right? I mean, why would I do that? But those are all costs that ultimately have to get embedded into the products that we produce. And we've talked about this before on the show, and it's just something that seems to, to magically just kind of bypass the, the average American that says, you know, we need to have higher wages. You know, I need $15 an hour. In fact, that was a point that Joe Biden made last night is that we need to pass the $15 hour minimum wage. It sounds great, but somebody has to pay that cost. It's not free. 
And if I have to pay a higher wage than what I pay overseas, well, then that means that cost has to get embedded. So in other words, instead of buying a flat screen, uh, uh, Brent just went and bought a, a brand new flat screen television just uh, over the weekend, didn't you? A couple of weekends ago. A couple yeah. of weekends yeah. ago. What would yeah. you pay for that? It was 65 inch, right? Ah, 65. Yeah. Yeah. Just under three. $300. No. $3,000. Yeah. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> but if you want to buy that same television, you know, made in America, it would cost you probably north of six because of all the embedded costs. And look, this is just simply a function of how the math works. And this is why labor ultimately goes to the lowest cost provider. We don't like the fact that we produce everything in, in you know, uh, other countries like Korea and China and Mexico and other places, but it's because that's the lowest cost of labor. You may like that. You may not like that, that we produce elsewhere and we're shipping our jobs offshore. And this has been one of the, the great thorns in the sides of American unionization is like, we're offshoring all of our jobs. Yes, we are. Because that's the lowest cost of labor. It's what keeps costs down. And that's what allows you to have the things that you have in your house because we want the lowest cost of goods. And what we do as Americans is we export inflation to import deflation. So look around your house. How much? How many things do you own in your house that are that are manufactured in America versus manufactured everywhere else around the world, from clothes to furniture to electronics, etc. And the reason is is that we're importing deflation. We import deflation. We are keeping costs down. To Joe Biden's point, we don't need to lower wages if we can import deflation. But you can't import deflation if you're keeping your cost embedded domestically where you have to pay higher wages. That's the ultimate problem. Greg Hayes, who was the CEO of Carrier Industries, we've talked about this before. I wrote about it as well uh, previously. But he was interviewed after Donald Trump got elected. And Carrier Industries was one of the first companies to bring jobs back to America. They moved a plant from Mexico to, to Indiana. When they moved the plant from Mexico to Indiana, first of all, they got like $7 billion in tax breaks from Indiana to move that, that plant back. But, the, but um, um, Jim Cramer, I drew a blank there for a second, interviewed Greg Hayes on his show, and he says, why are you doing this? He says, well, first of all, our parent company, which was United Technologies at the time, now Raytheon, has a lot of government contracts, so we want to keep the president happy. <laughs> right? We want to keep those government contracts. Those government contracts, very lucrative. But the second thing is we're moving them back here because we're getting a lot of tax breaks in Indiana to move the plant. But we're doing this more for a political endeavor than it is for a profiteering venture. It says, in Mexico, I have a labor force that's very dedicated. These are his words, not mine. I'm paraphrasing a bit. We have a very dedicated labor force in Mexico that works for about $5 an hour. They don't ask for time off benefits or paid vacation. They show up, they work, and they work very hard. When I move that plant to Indiana, we're going to have to automate most of those jobs because the cost of labor is too high. And that's exactly what happened. So the idea of manufacturing in America is great, but that doesn't solve your inflation problem. It makes the problem worse. And right now we already have rising wages, which is an inflation problem in the U.S. It is contributing to the inflation problem. Unfortunately, the price of everything else is rising faster because of why? Inflation is always and everywhere a monetary phenomenon. The reason we have inflation running at 7 7.5% is not because we have strong economic growth. We don't. We have artificial economic growth from the last two years where you injected $5 trillion worth of monetary liquidity into the economy. Everybody went out to buy stuff, Brent buying televisions, <laughs> at a time where we can't manufacture them because we shut down everything. It was interesting last night, uh, Joe Biden says, we had have the strongest manufacturing growth in like a decade. 300,000 manufacturing jobs came roaring back. Yeah, we lost like 600,000 manufacturing jobs during the shutdown, but we got some of them back. That's the good thing, right? It's all about how we cherry pick our data points. But the point here is simply this. 
is that you can't solve inflation through monetary intervention. He wants to lower the cost of childcare by giving people more money. Absolutely doesn't work because it's if I give, well, if I give Danny more money for childcare, even through a tax credit, right? What do childcare providers immediately do? Childcare providers raise their prices <laughs> because I know Danny's got more money to pay for it. This is the whole problem with everything we've been doing for the last two years is that everything that we do government-wise is inflationary, not deflationary. Danny, good morning. Welcome to the show. Sorry, I had a little rant to get off on this morning. No, good morning. No, and on all val really valid points, I mean, if you think about it, the, the monetary and fiscal policy, this has been creating an issue, and it will continue to create an issue. And you, you mentioned how you cherry-pick all these different ideas in the sense of saying, hey, look look how good this is. 300,000 people are back to work. Well, guess what? 300,000 are still sitting on the sideline. Um, money that was there that, you know, this this whole environment was inflationary regardless if they had not taken away all the things that made it inflationary. But now it's even worse because people have less money in their pocket, yet we still have that inflation that's still here. Right. So that's where the, the bigger issue lies, I think. And, and it's hitting households everywhere. We all love the idea of, of made in the USA, mm -hmm. but we hate paying for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it all comes down to that, right? Ultimately, yeah. the end of the day is what we pay for things. And, you know, this is one of the big challenges right now. And, and unfortunately, it's a huge challenge for the Fed you know, I was just talking about it in the opening segment is that the Atlanta Fed just came out and pegged GDP at zero. And that is before the impact of, of higher oil prices, which will slow economic growth even more. Mm -hmm. So there's a real risk right now. If the Fed does nothing, there's a real risk we could be a near a recessionary drag by the end of this year. If they hike rates, that's going to accelerate that recessionary drag even faster. So you know, the idea that the Fed is going to hike three, four, five, six, seven times this year, which were some of the estimates, those estimates for the number of rate hikes are coming down sharply. In other words, the Fed may be able to hike three times, maybe four times. But here's the problem. The actual worst thing for the Federal Reserve is to be caught at zero on interest rates and a recession hits because they have no policy tool. Quantitative easing is great for, for supporting asset markets, but it does nothing to help increase economic activity. The only thing that helps increase economic activity has been lowering interest rates, but you're already at zero. And the Fed has a real uh, problem trying to go into negative interest rate environment. It doesn't mean they can't, but there's a lot of other negative consequences economically that occur once you get into negative interest rates. So, you know, this is going to be a real problem for the Fed. And the lesser of two evils may just be the Fed hiking rates fast enough to get to, say, 1% on the Fed funds rate to give them some breathing room. But it causes the onset of a recession much quicker. Be right back after the break. Stay tuned for more of this special edition of The Real Investment Show, pre-recorded earlier this week. The Real Investment Advice blog. It's required reading for the informed investor. Catch it today at realinvestmentadvice.com. There's a war being waged on your retirement dollars. And unless you act now, you'll lose the battle with inflation, higher taxes, and a lower standard of living. You can blunt the effects of rising prices with our next workshop on combating inflation in retirement. April 2nd at the Embassy Suites Houston. Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff will help you fortify your life savings, make the most of Social Security, and lower your taxes. Register now for this free workshop at realinvestmentadvice.com. Combating inflation in retirement with Ratliff and Rosso. Realinvestmentadvice.com. Anyone can sell you insurance and they'll gladly take your premium dollars. The RIA Insurance Agency can provide you with insurance solutions tailor-made for your needs and lifestyle. 
Because everyone's assets are different, let RIA Insurance review what you need to protect and how. We won't sell you insurance, but what you need will be a matter of policy. RIA Insurance Agency. 888-915-0780. 888-915-0780. Realinvestmentadvice.com. Click on the insurance tab. And now, another page from the Real Investment Advisors Investing Manifesto. A passive investment portfolio requires active risk management. It's not a choice, it's necessity. Diversification doesn't protect against risk of loss. Let us actively help you reach your financial goals with RIA Advisors. Neither bull nor bear. RIA Advisors, 281-501-1791 or online at realinvestmentadvice.com. Can't catch the whole show now? Listen to our podcast later at realinvestmentadvice.com. Talked about how we grew up, mm-hmm. right? You know, we didn't have Google. If you didn't know the answer, you just were stupid. That's what I read growing up was reading encyclopedias. The Real Investment Show podcast. This is why I have a, 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 a masterful collection of useless information. So. <laughs> Same show, your schedule. I know all kinds of stuff that has no relevance to anything. At realinvestmentadvice.com. You know a little about a lot. <laughs> I do. Small businesses are discovering that attracting and retaining top talent come down to more than just salary. In today's highly competitive job market, compensation is more than just wages. Hi, I'm Tom Allen, RIA Advisors Retirement Plan Consultant. Healthcare and retirement plans can make the difference in hiring and retaining the best employees. We can show you how to build an affordable, effective employment package that delivers true value for your workers and your business. Call me toll-free at 855-RIA-PLAN or online at realinvestmentadvice.com. Real Investment Show podcasts are now available from Stitcher Smart Radio at stitcher.com. Hi, Lance Roberts here. If you're like most people, your 401k plan represents the bulk of your retirement assets. And unfortunately for many, managing your 401k plan can be difficult. There's so many choices, so many things to consider. With just a quick email, a couple of questions, you can put RIA Advisors to work for you managing your 401k plan. It's a quick and easy application. Just simply click Ask a Question at realinvestmentadvice.com or give us a call at 855-RIA-PLAN. That's realinvestmentadvice.com. You can blunt the effects of rising prices with our next workshop on combating inflation in retirement. April 2nd at the Embassy Suites Houston, Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff will help you fortify your life savings, make the most of Social Security, and lower your taxes. Register now for this free workshop at realinvestmentadvice.com. Combating inflation in retirement, realinvestmentadvice.com. You're listening to The Real Investment Show. And welcome back to the show this morning. Danny Ratliff joining me. So just real quick here as we talk about economic growth, inflation. As we've said before, you know, oil prices are going to open up uh, around $110 a barrel. And, you know, this has got everybody kind of excited, right, in oil prices. So it's a good thing. It's interesting, too, you know, for the last two years, the White House has been attacking the oil industry from a variety of of points, right? So we've been after the oil industry, restricting uh, areas that they can drill on, passing more restrictive rules and regulations, shutting down the Keystone Pipeline, uh, you name it, so forth and so on, because we have to do, we have to fight climate change, right? We, those evil oil and gas companies. And, you know, well, here you are, $110 a barrel, and everybody's going, hey, could you drill some more, please? And the White House is now behind the scenes asking oil companies to please drill more. Drill, baby, drill. We talked about this yesterday. Just not on federal land. Yeah. (laughs) It's a little too late. (laughs) You know, the problem, the the cure for high prices, of course, is high prices. And we now have record levels of what's called backwardation, which even the oil companies are suggesting the oil prices will be lower over the courses of the next seven months. So this is, you know, going to be emblematic of some of the problems. And one of the things we've written about before is that this inflationary surge that we're seeing is going to lead to disinflation over the course of the rest of this year. Now, these higher oil prices are going to slow that disinflationary process temporarily. But once we get into that that, uh, later stages of the year, you'll start to witness disinflation uh, from a variety of fronts. And, and part of it is just simply because of how we calculate inflation. It's a year-over-year calculation. So as the front months of the year-over-year calculation, so in other words, right now we're looking at inflation for the month of February 
as we get into March, we'll be looking at February versus February of last year. Once we get into April, April actually had positive prints of inflation versus negative prints of inflation that we had in January, February, and March of last year. So as we start getting into these higher rates of inflation, now just imagine in a year from now, right? So when we get into February, March of next year, we're going to be comparing the 7% prints of inflation, 8% prints of inflation, right? So now all of a sudden, if we're not running 16% inflation in 2023, right? If we're just running the same rate of inflation in 2023 that we're running today, inflation will be zero. That will be the rate of change of inflation. It'll be zero. Now, prices remain high. That doesn't mean prices went down. It just means the inflation will be zero, which is well below the Fed's target 2% rate. So this is going to be the problem. What we're going to witness is not necessarily deflation in terms of prices falling. Prices will fall as the economy slows, by the way. But the difference between disinflation and deflation is disinflation is where we go from having inflation to lower rates of inflation. Deflation is when you go below zero, right? We have negative growth in, rate, in prices and rates. Now, we'll get to that, too, again, as we get into 2023 and we're comparing over year-over-year basis. We will have deflation in 2023, particularly um, as we start slowing the economy back down to 2% or less in terms of economic growth, if not recessionary, at some point between the end of this year and next year. So that's the differential, though, between disinflation and deflation. But they are all, they're all basically in the same situation is that high prices are a cure for high prices because they cramp demand and they slow economic growth. And then when you have that problem, that slows demand, slows lowers prices, and things start to go in the other direction. That's simply what will happen here. It's just a function of math and time. It's not anything magical. <laughs> it's just the way it works. <laughs> um, but let's talk a little bit about Russia here because it's interesting, you know, there's not just Russia from the standpoint that uh, of just the invasion, but on the investment markets as well. You know, I'm getting a lot of emails, you know, saying, should we buy Russian ETFs, right? Is this time to start buying the Russia ETF? And, and you know, as an example, that ETF was down another 23% yesterday. Um, and, and the answer is that, sure, there may be some time here where you can buy a, a ETF based on Russia or, or buy actual Russian stocks. The question is going to be which ones are in business, by the time this all resolves itself. I mean, you may buy want to buy Luke Oil or Rosneft, right? Huge oil companies. But because of what's happening, they could very well file for bankruptcy. Doesn't mean now, and again, you got to be careful about this because bankruptcy doesn't mean a company goes out of business. It just means that the shares you own are worthless and the company goes through bankruptcy reorganization, gets relisted under a different symbol with new shares, and you're still at zero and and whoever buys it next, you know, gets the benefit. So the question is not knowing which companies survive. I, I don't have that answer. I, I am sure, you know, I would feel confident in saying that probably Rosneft and Luke Oil and others are going to survive. But it kind of really depends on these sanctions and government interventions. And do they open Russia back up to interacting with the rest of the world? Do they keep them locked out of international exchanges? I, I don't know those answers. Nobody does. Depends on how long this thing goes. So you've got to be very careful here, um, <clears throat> you know, looking at, you know, things like this. And again, I, I certainly see the opportunity. Uh, you know, the Russian ETF, as an example, was trading at uh, roughly uh, $52, almost $53 just back in November. It's currently trading at $6 today. So then this is, of course, weighed. And this is why, uh, as I've talked about here on the show with Danny before, this is why we avoid have, have been avoiding international and emerging markets here for quite some time, saying mostly primarily uh, domestic-based, because international markets have continued to really lag performance for a very long time here. And if you've been running this idea of, I want a diversified portfolio, this is why you don't. <laughs> um, but having a diversified portfolio of owning international and emerging markets and all this has been a drag on your portfolio really ever since uh, 2009. Being domestically based has been a much better place to be in terms of your portfolio. So understanding these dynamics are very important in how they impact your money. So with that, I'll throw it over to Danny.
Well, and I think that's a really good point, Lance. And so one of the things that we we discuss frequently is that, you know, how the old school investing is dead. You can't just go out there and just say, hey, you know what? We're going to put it everywhere because we don't really know what's going to go up or go down. But if we don't like it, we're going to reduce it a little bit. If we do, we may increase it. You know, that's hogwash because now you look at the examples that are going on right now and you see exactly what's happening where if you have a portfolio that you do have that emerging market debt, you do have emerging market stocks, this has become problematic. Now, most of them don't have a ton of Russian exposure. You know, on average, you're looking at emerging market debt. It's a little bit over three, three to four percent is what you see. But some of these bigger funds actually have a lot more exposure than I think what most people would be comfortable with, especially in this environment and seeing what some of these have gone down. I mean, I'm looking at some of the top emerging market funds and, you know, we're looking at anywhere from eight to 16 percent in Russian debt. So you want to talk about, you know, usually the good thing about this is that emerging markets are historically a smaller part of a big, broad portfolio. Mm -hmm. You know, not everybody's putting, you know, 10, 15 percent in those areas. It's typically on the smaller end. However, when you see something that goes down, you know, five to 10 percent in a week, that that can cause a little bit of heartache. <laughs> yeah. Well, and again, you know, talk about Russian debt in particular in a lot of these funds that, you know, and what you don't know with Russia is, you know, you know, again, what happens the longer that they're shut out of SWIFT and the ability to service debt and they're cut off from the rest of the world, that's going to, and this is the whole reason for sanctions, right, is to impale them financially, right? Make things so hard on them that they give up economically, right? So just, you, this is the whole point of sanctions. Well, that has impacts. If, you know, the Russian ruble has had a very, very, just well, it's collapsed. That's only yeah. the way, really, Worth the only like, way to what, put it. like, what, one cent right now? Yeah. Um, the problem with that is, is the last time that we had a collapse in the Russian ruble was before Danny was born. That was in 1998. I'm joking. He's a little bit older than that. Just a little bit. But in 1998, we were talking about long-term capital management. And this is where we had this $100 billion you know, hedge fund that was run by PhDs here in the U.S. They were supposed to be the brightest of the bright, and they had leveraged themselves up, and they wind up blowing up over the Russian debt default. And, you know, the Federal Reserve had to bail them out. So this is not the first time that Russia's defaulted on debt. And the important thing here is when it comes to your portfolio and your money, you don't know exactly in a lot of ETFs and mutual funds and bond funds. You really don't know because you don't do the you're not digging down into the holdings. You really don't know what exposures you have. And this is why it's always important to do your homework and when things like this come up is to go look at your holdings and say, do I have exposure to these areas? How much exposure do I have to these areas? And if everything in this area goes to zero, what's the impact on my markets and uh, on my portfolio, right? What's the impact on my money? Is there going to be some opportunities when Russia is finished with this and we see the sanctions removed and things return back to a more normal state? Absolutely. Things will soar. The problem is going to be, A, where will it be soaring from? <laughs> you know, uh, again, you know, it was one thing to buy Russia ETFs a week ago versus yesterday. And this morning, they're going to be lower again. So the question is always, where are they soaring from? But the, the, the other part is, is, is the asset that you want, that you're, that you're buying on this expectation of this massive reversion, is it going to still be around? when we pass this and and the problem with is that nobody knows for sure well that's a good point you can reorganize they can ban mm -hmm. liquidation i mean that's a problem right now they're not letting foreign investors liquidate their positions correct so now you're stuck exactly so just sometimes it's not better to try to get in early sometimes it's better to be late because there'll be plenty once we know what survives and what doesn't there'll be plenty of time to make russia uh, make money on a Russian bet. Be right back after the break.
get daily investment news you can use. Delivered at the speed of the internet at realinvestmentadvice.com. There's a war being waged on your retirement dollars. And unless you act now, you'll lose the battle with inflation, higher taxes, and a lower standard of living. You can blunt the effects of rising prices with our next workshop on combating inflation in retirement. April 2nd at the Embassy Suites Houston. Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff will help you fortify your life savings, make the most of Social Security, and lower your taxes. Register now for this free workshop at realinvestmentadvice.com. Combating inflation in retirement with Ratliff and Rosso. Realinvestmentadvice.com. Anyone can sell you insurance and they'll gladly take your premium dollars. The RIA Insurance Agency can provide you with insurance solutions tailor-made for your needs and lifestyle. Because everyone's assets are different, let RIA Insurance review what you need to protect and how. We won't sell you insurance, but what you need will be a matter of policy. RIA Insurance Agency. 888-915-0780. 888-915-0780. Realinvestmentadvice.com. Click on the insurance tab. What worries you about your money? Enhance your financial success with RIA Advisors' free financial planning tool, MyBlocks. It's our online modular manager for your money and your life. Does your vision of retirement match up to reality? MyBlocks can help to determine how much you'll need and how you can achieve. Create your own personal financial vision for the next decade with MyBlocks, our free tool at RIAAdvisors.com. Click on the Client Portal tab, RIAAdvisors.com. And now, another page from the Real Investment Advisors Investing Manifesto. Manage risk and volatility rather than trying to manage gains. You don't have to be right all the time. Long-term investing success is a 70% gain. Let us help you reach your financial goals with RIA Advisors. Neither bull nor bear. RIA Advisors. 281-501-1791 or online at realinvestmentadvice.com. The Real Investment show so as we get ready to kind of get today underway of course uh um, as we go forward, again, just still, you know, a tremendous amount of concerns over what's happening in Russia. But again, we kind of come back and we go, well, what is it that, you know, is the impact to markets, finances, et cetera, you know, in, in, in the future, right? How does, how does Russia impact the earnings of Apple versus ExxonMobil? How does Russia impact the earnings of Microsoft versus, you know, Procter & Gamble, as an example? And those are things that we need to think about in our portfolio. What exposure do we have and what will those impacts be? Now, obviously, for energy companies, they are printing money at this point because of high oil prices. And that's good, right? If you're in the energy business, it's good. Of course, you know, just two years ago, Energy companies were looking at negative oil prices, <laughs> you know. So to go from negative energy prices to $120 a, a barrel is pretty amazing, right? But there's an impact to that. As we talked about earlier, that's going to impact consumption. Uh, that's going to impact spending, psychology. This morning, we're going to get the National Federation of Independent Business. This is the survey of small businesses, now, they're expecting that small business sentiment ticked up last month. Somehow, I doubt that's going to be the case. I have a sneaky suspicion that we're probably going to have a disappointing small business outlook considering what is going on, not only in terms of just the whole Russia headline situation, but just simply that the cost, the input costs, wage cost pressures, et cetera, for these small businesses has gotten worse. It hasn't gotten better. So not, uh, I will be surprised, shall we say, if we see an uptick in small business sentiment today. Disappointment is likely in the cards. But this feeds through to what our kind of our article is today. You know, analysts were very exuberant even at the beginning of this year about earnings. 
historically speaking, going back, earnings tend to run on a peak-to-peak -peak basis. So from peak earnings to the, the next peak earnings cycle, tends to run at about 6% growth from peak to peak. Analyst estimates right now are well above that exponential growth peak in earnings, which simply just suggests that they're just way over-optimistic about what earnings are going to be this year and next year. And those are going to have to come down. And they always do. Our analysts always start out high, and they just continue to ratchet, them, ratchet down earnings until we actually get into earnings season. But given the fact that you now have these exogenous influences on the markets in terms of high inflationary pressures and now high oil prices, wages, of course, also weighing on profit margins as all these things are having to be factored in by corporations all at the same time. So as we, you know, as, as companies are dealing with what their input costs are, those input costs are going up, right? Energy, is, as we talked about before, is a, a huge impact. I was driving past um, a, a gas station this morning, and it said regular unleaded, $3.89 a gallon. Diesel was $4.35. Now, you remember when we used to all run around and buy diesel cars because they were cheaper than, than gas cars? <laughs> Not the case anymore. <laughs> but these, those impacts, right? So when you think about diesel, even more than just gasoline and oil, right? But if you're shipping goods or, or products anywhere in the country, it's in an 18-wheeler, diesel-driven, right? So that cost, those higher fuel costs, higher trucker labor cost, higher, uh, you know, cost on manufacturing of products. Because again, if I'm a, if I'm a company that assembles a product, I'm buying, I'm buying parts from other people and those energy costs are getting embedded into those prices. And, and the, the, the thing that becomes problematic for the economy is when corporations can't pass on those higher costs to consumers. And we can see that happening right now if we, and, and I've published this chart a few times, but we take a look at the differential between the producer price index. So this is the inflation rate for producers versus the rate of inflation for consumers, the CPI index. So we, we take a look at the differential between those two indexes, and we have a record differential in terms of the price, producer price index to the consumer price index. Now, when that happens, what that tells you is, is that producers can't pass on their inflation to consumers because otherwise they would be the same. They'd be going up at the same rate if they were fully passing us on. So corporations are having to retain this inflation on their books. Now, if I'm having to retain inflation and I can't pass it on to my consumer, which means that I can only raise prices so much to remain competitive, that means I'm having to eat some of that inflation in terms of my profit margins on my side, which means profit margins have to come down, which means earnings come down. That is yet to be fully factored in. Now, we're starting to already see earnings revised down. In January, the 2023 end-of-year earnings were estimated between 230 and 240, 230 and $240 a share for the S&P 500s by the end of, of 2023. That's now down to about $200 already. So those numbers are already coming down fairly sharply, and they're going to get worse as we go forward. Peak earnings were probably last quarter, and that was all of that stimulus-driven activity, <clears throat> excuse me, that occurred from the $1,400 checks to households, $900 checks to households, et cetera. All that stimulus-fueled buying, right, that fueled in. And, and basically, we sent $5 trillion to consumers. They turned around and sent $5 trillion into companies' profit margins. So we've probably seen the peak of earnings growth for companies, at least for the time being. And if we're right... And the impact of higher oil prices and higher labor costs and higher fuel costs and higher food costs and all those other costs that are going up 
began to crimp consumption, we're going to see a much slower rate of economic growth by the end of this year, and that's certainly going to weigh on margins and outlooks for companies. And that's certainly going to weigh on market prices. Now, <clears throat> having said that, you know, this is where, you know, stock picking is going to be much more important because there's a lot of companies right now that are, that are out there that are already beaten down 50, 60, 70, 80 percent. So a lot of these companies have already been reduced in price to account for expectations of slower growth in the future. But this is going to weigh on markets. In other words, markets are unlikely to have, you know, a, a strong rally from here. Again, markets are oversold enough now that we're likely to have a reflexive rally. And that rally will probably get us back to somewhere around the 50-day moving average, somewhere in there. And then we'll have the next leg of whatever's going to happen. Now, again, this is all assuming that everything remains status quo. I want to put that caveat in there because if things can change. Predicting anything out the rest of this year is very difficult. So things can change if we get relief, right? We need relief somewhere. We need lower oil prices. We need Russia to, to resolve itself. We need the Federal Reserve to uh, be a little bit more market friendly. Things can change. And if things begin to change, then outlooks are going to change. But if everything remains the way it is right now, we are rapidly pushing the economy towards recession. That's a problem for the Fed. You know, one of the biggest risks for the Fed is always to be caught at the zero bound in a recession. Because they have the, their one policy tool, which is to lower interest rates to help stimulate the economy. That's really the only policy tool that has any effect on the economy in terms of consumer psychology. But you're already at zero. So if the economy quickly dips into a recession and the Federal Reserve has not increased interest rates at all, they have no policy tool really to work with other than restarting QE and, and trying to bail out markets that way. But that bails out the stock market. That doesn't help the economy. There's really no translation between quantitative easing programs and economic activity. So we're going to be talking, and so you're going to hear the Fed talk a lot about, at that point, about more fiscal programs from government. We need the government to step in, provide more capital, and that's where we're going to go back to MMT and all that other type of stuff to try to bail out the next recession. But that will be worse if the Federal Reserve is caught at zero. It's really, for lack of a better term, a race against the clock right now for the Federal Reserve. All right, wraps up the show for today. Be back tomorrow with market updates, see how we work out today. Uh, again, markets are going to try to open flat this morning. We'll see uh, if they can kind of uh, stabilize, and we'll go from there. Have a great day. Be back tomorrow. Get by the website, get our latest blog posts and more. It's all at realinvestmentadvice.com. See you then. There's a war being waged on your retirement dollars. And unless you act now, you'll lose the battle with inflation, higher taxes, and a lower standard of living. You can blunt the effects of rising prices with our next workshop on combating inflation in retirement. April 2nd at the Embassy Suites Houston. Richard Rosso and Danny Ratliff will help you fortify your life savings, make the most of Social Security, and lower your taxes. Register now for this free workshop at realinvestmentadvice.com. Combating inflation in retirement with Ratliff and Rosso. Real investmentadvice.com.